Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, we preview what we are looking forward to at Comic-Con, 40 years of Gundam, and how will Nintendo's new light console work out? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. He is our light console for Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out everything going on today at popculturecosmos.com, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and so much more. It is my good friend. It is. Josh Peterson. Nintendo's back with another console on the way to consumers. Yes, I saw that. And what this confirms is something that we've been talking about for a long time is the fact that the the Game Boy or Nintendo 3DS is it's gone. No more. Goodbye. Goodbye, indeed. But it is going to be a great episode we've got for you today. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Nintendo Lite console, what it does do, what it doesn't do compared to the Switch, it's Big Brother. Also, as well, we're going to preview Comic-Con with what we're looking forward to as far as some of the, the different type of presentations that are going to be there. What pop culture entities are we looking forward to, to presenting their stuff going on at Comic-Con? We're going to talk about that here in a minute as well. Plus, also, as well, we've got some great guests coming on to the show in a little bit. It is Mitch Weber and Kathleen Boutwell. You know them as Kitty and Mick. They're the pop culture connoisseurs for a great show that you got to listen to, A Gal and a Gay, also, like us, one of Podbean's podcasts of summer. And again, from both of us, we thank Podbean so much for being one of the highlighted podcasts of summer for Podbean. It's on all the available podcast outlets. They're coming up here also in a little bit to talk about not only the advancements of LGBTQ plus causes in the entertainment industry, where do we stand as far as women representation as well in the entertainment industry? Plus, we're going to go through a gambit of stuff when it concerns Stranger Things, Star Wars, Marvel, and so much more in pop culture. Great conversation I had with them recently, and they're going to be on the show in just a bit. We've got a great song from our good friend Warren Fernandez, a.k.a. Emoji Engine. I'm going to tell you how to get his new album coming up on the back end of the show. And you know what? I'm going to play one of his latest hits as well. And Josh, at the back end of the show, wants to go ahead and fill us in on what's going on as far as Gundam is concerned because they're celebrating 40 years of greatness. And I'll tell you what, we're both looking forward to seeing what Gundam is all about 40 years in later on in the show. But first, my friend, it is Nintendo. They just announced, like we were talking about, a new light console that's on the way, 200 bucks. So it's only $100 less than the Switch. Here's the skinny, my friend. Okay, here is what's going to be different about this particular console. If you're going to get a Switch or a Switch Lite, it cannot connect to a TV. So you can't play up on the TV and connect to it like you can with a Switch. The Switch Lite has a smaller screen and overall size. It's a little bit smaller. The controllers, the Joy-Cons are permanently attached. So it's all one fixed thing but it does have improved battery life over the Switch. 
The traditional D-pad is going to be available on the Switch Lite on the left side. So I ask you, my friend, with all that said and done, it's only $100 less, but it is something that is going to be truly portable as compared to maybe the Switch, which most say is a portable unit for all intents and purposes, but it does have some issues as far as the transportability. It's a little bit larger, yada, yada, yada. But when it comes to the Switch Lite, is this something a lot of people will be interested in as it gets released and as it gets into the wild, especially during the holiday season? What this shows me is that you know Nintendo has no intention of keeping the 3DS going, right? Like This is their new console. They want to have everything on one platform, which makes sense because they had so many eggs in different baskets, you know, so to speak, as they've been going through the 3DS, the 3DS Lite, the 2DS, whatever you want to call it. This is the first time that they're trying to consolidate everything they make, which is cool because it means if there's something they're going to put on 3DS, we'll get on Switch now. But I don't like this whole this whole thing because if you want to have a Nintendo Switch, the whole purpose of having it is the the idea of being able to take it on the go, then plugging into the dock and playing it. But with this, it's just a handheld system. So why not just make the Switch cheaper? You know, in, in your opinion, why wouldn't they just make the Switch cheaper instead of making a console that doesn't dock? Because doesn't that defeat the whole purpose of what the Switch is? I think it does, but I, I can tell you the reason why they don't want to go ahead and bring down the price of the Switch. And that is the fact that it, even though it is the number one selling console right now, it is not matched up to what Nintendo's numbers have forecasted. And sales are not quite meeting expectations. And so in order to go ahead and keep those profits high enough to satisfy the shareholders, they're going to go ahead and say, you know what? We've got this lighter version of 200, but if you want the full version that can connect to a TV, you know, it has the separated Joy-Cons. If you want to go ahead and disconnect them and get the full experience of the Switch, you got to go ahead and still pay $300 for it. And I think at least one more holiday run at $300 is still in the offering when it comes to Nintendo Switch. That's why the light is coming out September 20th at $200 price point. I don't think it's going to go anywhere near over the way the Switch did, but still, it's an offering there. To And the price, I know a lot of people have at, have an issue with right now as far as $200 being a little bit too high for this, and the dollar price range is too close between the Switch Lite and the Switch. The feedback on it said basically that they're not truly thrilled with the price point range of what you get for when it comes to the Nintendo Switch Lite. You know, from a consumer perspective, what is the harm in paying an extra $100 and be able to, being able to dock it or have the, the two-player accessibility of, of games like Overcooked or Mario Kart or something? I think that's what they want you to do. They don't really want you to buy the light because that's where they price pointed it at. They say if you want something that is truly portable 100%, then go ahead, take the light. But we really want to target the $300 price point range because... I can tell you for a fact that as these consoles get older in their life cycle, the more profitable they become if they stay at or near the original price point range. So the longer it stays at $299 for the Nintendo Switch, the more profitable it becomes. And that could be a big win for a nice holiday season for Nintendo to help recoup some of the short expectations that they've had over the course of the last 12 to 18 months where the sales from the Nintendo Switch have been strong, but not quite enough to what Nintendo was hoping for. So that to us is our thoughts on the Nintendo Switch Lite. If you have any questions or you have opinions on the Nintendo Switch Lite, is it too expensive? Is it at the right price? Are you still motivated to buy or tell people that the Nintendo Switch itself, that $300 is a better value than what the Nintendo Switch Lite is offering? because it doesn't have the full featured experience of Nintendo Switch? Or do you think the Nintendo Switch Lite is a good value at $200 and you think it is going to be something that's going to sell well over the holidays? We'd love to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, my friend, Comic-Con, it's around the corner. I'm so excited to hear more great news coming from the event. I still wish we were there. But hopefully next year, maybe next year, we'll see. But still, my friend, San Diego Comic-Con is looking good with a lot of great entities from the pop culture realm heading over there. 
DC, Marvel, Star Wars, Star Trek, TV shows, video games, films, movies, sci-fi, comic books, the whole nine yards is heading over to San Diego next week. So I ask you, my friend, are you excited for Comic-Con and what part of Comic-Con are you looking forward to the most? This might sound, I mean, okay, so two things, really, I was thinking about this today. One, I'm looking forward to Kevin Smith premiering the trailer of the new James and Silent Bob movie. And then two, I'm interested in seeing what DC has up its sleeve in terms of things that they're going to be announcing. don't really care about Marvel that much. I know rumors are they're going to be announcing, you know, Doctor Strange 2, Black Panther 2, The Eternals, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I know there's a couple others in there too, but... Well, hopefully they will have release dates and a release schedule for at least the next foreseeable two, three, four years down the line of movies. That's what I'm looking forward to the most. Did you get a chance to see what Star Wars is offering as far as not only all the panels that they're doing there, and and boy, they're doing a ton of panels relating to everything within the Star Wars universe, but did you get a chance to see the Sith Troopers that have been released and publicized in advance of Star Wars' presence at Comic-Con with the Sith Troopers in just a total dark, blood-red type deal? I saw some headlines about that today. haven't really gotten a chance to dig into it, but... You know, these are new, never before seen troopers, like, right? They're talking about Sith. So I, I'm hoping that doesn't get into spoiler territory about what's coming up in the new movie. But like, Sith makes you wonder. Like, they haven't really referenced the Sith in the newer Star Wars movies, at least not often. So, you know, it makes you wonder what's going on behind the curtain there a little bit. Exactly. But still, it reminds me a lot when it comes to the Sith troopers of. The Crimson Guard would probably be, to me, the best because it has that type of deep red type color when you look at them. And it's something that I don't know how they relates to what we're going to be seeing in Episode 9, the rise of Skywalker, or how it's going to deal with the First Order and all that. But I'd love for them to go ahead in Episode 9, maybe deal with a backstory for John Boyega's character about how he got forced into the First Order and how they used to go ahead and do that. Because they've only talked about it in a roundabout way. So I'd like to at least spend five minutes maybe on a flashback dealing with that. Just five minutes. That's all we need. But maybe those Sith Troopers would have something to do with that. Or maybe they're just going to go ahead and commissioned by the dark side to go ahead and, and seek out the resistance and try to go ahead and and finish off Ray and, and everybody else that's associated with the resistance there. So... I'm hoping for some good things and I'm hoping for a great presence when it comes to the CIS troopers. And they're not just there for two minutes and just there to sell toys for the next 20 years. You know, just, okay, they were in this episode nine for two minutes. Of course, we're going to go ahead and honor them by having them be available in Kenner sets for the next 10 to 15 years. Well, I mean, that is typical Disney stuff, right? They'll they'll put things in movies just to sell toys or T-shirts or whatever. Well, that's Star Wars stuff. Star Wars taught them how to do that. Right, right. But ever since Disney took over Star Wars, like if you have you been reading the things coming out today about Tony Gilroy just came out this week and said that Star Wars Rogue One was a mess before he got there. And if you read a lot of the interviews with Garrett Edwards, it's because Disney ripped out a bunch of stuff that he put in there because they didn't like how dark the movie was. Disney, they have a certain tone they're going for for marketing purposes. So you can't really, I don't know, I have a hard time trusting things that they say. But it would make sense to me that they would do something like that. I just wish that they wouldn't. But that's Disney for you. That's Disney. I know a lot of people have concerns over what Disney does and when it oversees all these different type of entities and and prop culture properties. But unfortunately, that's what you're going to get when you got Disney now owning a great percentage of the entertainment world. But I am excited about a lot of great things coming to Comic-Con. There's going to be more news talked about when it concerns the new Picard series for Star Trek, CBS All Access, Terminator Dark Fate. We're going to see if that's worth our time. I know we're going to see a lot of trailers. Like you said, hopefully a lot of behind-the-scenes footage will actually sneak out to the public. Will we see some stuff from Bill and Ted? You never know. I know also as well there's going to be the actual gameplay footage which should have been for all intended purposes shown at E3, but gameplay footage that Square Enix is actually going to debut at Comic-Con of Marvel's Avengers. So that I'm excited for. And pretty much every major pop culture property, we're going to talk about DC and all the stuff that's going on, whether it's shows on the CW or their shows that they've got for the DC streaming service or what they're planning to do in relation to the HBO Warner streaming service type deal that they're 
all coming together on that recently announced that they've also got the friends package as well. So I want to hear more about DC and what they're looking forward to, especially when it comes to the Joker. Maybe they'll have more footage of that. Birds of Prey even. So I'm looking forward to a lot of great stuff. Jumanji's coming out. I believe some information will be coming out for that. So a lot of great things coming out at Comic-Con. We're really excited for it. If you want to go ahead and keep track of what's going on at Comic-Con, stay in touch with our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. We're going to be feeding the news left and right as they happen, as they're talked about, updating you on what's going on with all the pertinent news information from these various panels. We're going to go ahead and bring it to you on our social media, especially our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. But what are you looking forward to when it comes to Comic-Con? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Coming up next, we've got some great guests coming by. They are the Pop Culture Connoisseurs, Kitty and Mick from A Gal and a Gay. We're going to talk about some issues within the entertainment industry on where it stands in regards to female empowerment, but also as well LGBTQ plus representation within the industry. Where does it stand? Plus a lot of great talk about all your favorite pop culture topics, DC, Marvel, Stranger Things. We talk about all that and more. This is the PCC Multiverse. Listen up, all you gamers out there. Miracle Fruit Oil is ramping up the deals on its awesome Vitabrace gaming wristband. Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve your gaming performance. Vitabrace will help you achieve your gaming goals, whether it's that single-player campaign, retro classic, or battle royale. Head on over today to MiracleFruitOil.com, and if you use the code Vitabrace50, you'll get half off on a Vitabrace gaming wristband or use the code buy one get one and it's buy one get one free that's right just use the code vitabrace50 or buy and the number one get and the number one today to get some great deals on some vitabrace gaming wristbands so check it out today at miraclefruitoil.com vitabrace win with it All right, and we're back with the program. Once again, it's Gerald coming right back at you here. And I'll tell you what, it's a great time indeed to talk pop culture. We are on the verge of one of the greatest times of the year when it comes to pop culture. And that's, of course, the San Diego Comic-Con, where there's a lot of stuff to be talked about, a lot of projects being done, a lot of, a lot of dates being given. I hope Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. So let's hope down the line there's going to be a lot to talk about when it comes to later this month, when it comes to the Comic-Con, of course. But pop culture is a hot topic. And I wanted to hear another side of the pop culture entertainment spectrum. I wanted to hear about things that are going on within the entertainment industry that are good, but where do they need to go from here? Plus a lot of other great topics as well. And who better to talk to me than two people I've been trying to get in contact with. We've been going back and forth on a date and we finally locked it down here. Yes, it was a great honor, and thank you to Podbean for selecting our show as far as for the one of the podcasts this summer. But along with that show is another awesome show that you got to check out. It's available everywhere you get your podcasts. It's a gal and a gay, the pop culture kind of sis. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, whenever I say that, I feel like we should be out <laughs> on the yacht, like drinking champagne, talking about... You know, I think Chris Evans should come back as Captain America. <laughs> you know, having some sort of like laugh while there's like some yacht rock from Sirius XM coming, like blaring on the radio or something. But they've got two great guests here. They've been so gracious to come on the show. It's Mitch Weber and Kathleen Boutwell. You know them as Kitty and Mick. You know what, you two, is just so great to have you as part of the program. Well, thank you for having us. We're really excited to be here. And congratulations to yourself for uh, making the uh, the big list that Podbean sent out, our podcasting platform. And it's pretty cool that we made the, the list for the summer. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a great honor indeed. And again, from all of us on both your shows and ours, we want to give a big thanks to Podbean. And your check is in the mail, but we won't go. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, of course. But it is a great time to talk pop culture. Like I said, San Diego Comic-Con is around the corner. A lot of people are are gearing up either their cosplay costumes or their money to buy all the paraphernalia that you can get there 
or ready to get into the lines as far as for which hall or whichever seminar, or which, which symposium that they're going to go ahead to as far as here from whatever pop culture avenue that they like to talk about. But before we get into all that good stuff as far as Marvel, DC, Star Wars, or whatever you want to talk about, I want to hear your thoughts as far as where the entertainment industry stands because your show, A Gown the Gate, digs into not only some great pop culture topics, but it talks a little bit about the entertainment industry as a whole. I spoke to Dr. Matahagas Burge recently about the trends for the LGBTQ plus community in relation to the video games industry recently. But for women and every other type of ethnic, sexual, religious background, there needs to be more to be done. But I want to hear from your thoughts, and I'll start with you, Mick, your thoughts on where the entertainment industry needs to go from here to make it exactly the kind of thing we can truly be proud of. Well, I think just recently, I would say just in this last year, I think we have seen quite a turn into more queer representation on TV. And Kitty can talk about the the representation of the of the women. I know Big Little Lies is one of the examples that we've talked about before, but on the, the queer representation side, I think Schitt's Creek is probably one of the best representations because I don't know if you've you've watched Shit's Creek, but it was created by Eugene and Dan Levy. And I just and... want to make sure to our radio affiliates out there that's S C H I T T. So you can't say that Good. on the air. Right. Right. Great, great clarification there. But Eugene Levy, obviously, he's a comedic genius. He's been around for decades. His son created the show and it started in Canada. And Dan Levy plays David, and David is a pansexual. And I think what's brilliant about this show, and he created this show, he created the show without any homophobia. The series exists in a world of tolerance and acceptance. And he, he got a, a, little, a little backlash at the beginning about it because people were like, oh, it's not realistic. But that wasn't the point. He said, this is the world we need to be living in. I don't need to, to bring this up. Everyone knows how people like that are discriminated against and how we are discriminated against. And the show is so groundbreaking, I think, in that. Because a lot of times when you do see minority or queer representation in entertainment, their lives are in danger because they have come out to their family and friends, things like that. So this is in a world where he takes that out and you don't have to worry about that part of storytelling and you can be more creative. And I think this show is, you know, now entering its sixth and final season. I think what we're going to see is this is that game changer groundbreaking for the queer representation that I think other shows will start to, to take the lead and do things a little bit differently and tell stories differently than we're used to seeing. I agree with you. Uh, hopefully we can get a, a bigger, a broader spectrum of that. So, so these stories and narratives can be told in its entirety without any type of shortcomings and without any type of, of hindrance by the networks. And I think this, you know, if one thing that the streaming networks have done is they give you that type of outlet that if you're not, if you cannot get your story told on a broadcast format, that these streaming outlets and these cable outlets are beginning to go ahead and push those boundaries and make it more acceptable, and not only go ahead and 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 make it more uh, appealing to a wider audience. Yeah, I would agree. Absolutely, and well, you know, we saw the great things that Marvel already has done already. Uh, I want to point them out as far as some great things that they did. Obviously, Avengers Endgame. There's the climactic scene there where all the women are coming together, possibly mm -hmm. teasing an A-Force, but that's uh, up to them if they will go ahead and, and do that as far as an all-ladies Avengers unit. I think that's probably something that could be in the works after seeing that event, after seeing Avengers Endgame. But I want to know your thoughts, Kat, on you know where the industry needs to go from here. Obviously, you both have said Big Little Lies is a big reason uh, for the advancement and causes for women, but we've seen a lot of shows in recent years help that cause as just as well, but you'd like to see it also going forward even more. 
I think especially just in the in the past few years, uh, uh, women's issues have really come come into play, you know, and just putting get, making these strong female characters who are independent and smart, and you know, who don't need a man to you know or children to uh, make their lives complete. And I think Marvel did a great thing with Captain Marvel and all the other strong female characters they have. But I mean, like even shows like Game of Thrones, they had some strong female characters, stranger things. I mean, even newest season, they kind of address some of those teaching 11 that you don't need to be, you are your own person. You don't have to rely on your boyfriend or your father to tell you, you know, stuff like that. And even addressing, there's a little subplot with Nancy and her job in this male run newsroom. So just even addressing things like that and showing people the reality of what women do face every day. And anything in the industry as a whole, I think there's been more focus on, you know, female writers and female directors. I mean, you have um, Patty Jenkins with Wonder Woman. I mean, huge, huge movie. And then you have- We're waiting for Wonder Woman 84. Right. (laughs) If it ever comes out. I know. know. Yeah, and but then you have shows like Big Little Lies that is all women, great female characters produced by women involved in all that sort of thing. So yeah, I think they're making great strides, but I think there still is more to do. I mean, uh, you need more female directors, definitely. And I think, and they are starting to address the- wage difference in certain actors and actresses so you know i think i think they've made a lot of great strides but i still think there's some writing tropes that need to be done with you know like i know this came up a lot with game of thrones but like rape is always being kind of a thing that happens to female characters and makes them stronger and it's kind of a trope at this point you know it's it's another one of those things that they just need to keep working on it i think but they've gone a long way Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, you saw, I'm, I'm sure you got caught wind of Forbes recent list of the top earners out there and topping the list, I believe is Taylor Swift. And there's mm-hmm. several other ladies that are very prominent on that list. I wish I was, but if there were <laughs> other ladies on that list, hopefully the bar becomes a lot better. Obviously the success of the U S women's soccer team mm-hmm. and promoting that out there, that hopefully will get the word out as far as equal pay and things of that nature as well. But I want to talk to you guys as far as what you're looking forward to as well on the, well, with the I guess the back end of 2019 and going forward because you know as of now we're we're kind of in a lull after Spider-Man: Far From Home when it comes to superhero the Marvel type deal we're not going to be seeing anything for a little while unless Marvel drops something on us here at the Comic Con so on pins and needles for that but. What are you looking forward to as far as for the rest of this year when it comes to entertainment, whether it's on the TV, music, movie, any type of format you want to talk about? What type of things are you looking forward to the rest of this year in pop culture? Start with you, Mick. Well, you are wearing a T-shirt that says Star Wars on it, and I couldn't help but notice because I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And, you know, there's been not too much released publicly from Disney about the next final chapter in the Skywalker saga. I think that will be what really caps off the end of this year and, you know, what's going to happen with Star Wars after episode nine, you know, kind of like what you're talking about with Marvel. I mean, hopefully uh, Comic-Con, you know, the, I think their Hall H session is going to be 90 minutes. So I have a feeling that we're going to finally hear about this Black Widow movie that we all know is shooting. And, you know, I think it's this movie the with Black Widow at the, the forefront. I think this one is long overdue and I'm not really sure why we're getting it after the character's fate was revealed in Endgame. So I think Marvel has some surprises up its sleeve. And, you know, I think that's one thing that we can look forward to next year. Uh, Another movie I just saw the trailer for this week, you guys might've seen this, is the new Maleficent movie. Oh, I haven't seen the trailer yet. With Angelina Jolie and Michelle Pfeiffer going at it. And I mean, I love Michelle and both of them, but it, it looks really good. And that comes out, uh, I think, in October, um, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're correct on that. Also, the Mulan movie finally got mm. a trailer as well coming mm-hmm. out early next year. Thought that was really, really good uh, and really got a lot of people interested in that movie as well. A lot of people are saying the world is now owned by Disney. They can't be far off because <laughs> the DC entertainment world is – Disney's got a nice little stranglehold, wouldn't you say, Kat? Uh, for sure. I mean, it is kind of funny how many major properties they own now and how and many, you know, it's so it's, it's, it's a little unnerving, but I mean, Disney does stuff right for the most part. So you hope that they, 
there's certain titles that they have now that they'll keep true to that and we'll see what happens especially now that they own x-men and and the fantastic four and all that so we'll see how that goes well does it scare you both does it scare you that that <laughs> disney has this kind of chokehold on the industry at the moment since the acquisition of fox i don't know if it scares me but i mean it's like it is a little concerning that one major company can i mean who what's next what they're what are they going to get next they pretty much have everything now. And right. yeah, it is. I think it's a little nerve wracking, especially yeah. for entertainment, because they are now controlling the message mm -hmm. that people will be receiving in different forms of entertainment. So if they, as a company, want to limit representation from women or queer representation, they can do that or whatever else i mean any any kind of a group that can be taken out of entertainment i think that's that's dangerous you're listening to the pop culture cosmos don't touch that dial wait do, do people still use dials get ready for kitty origins evolutions the latest documentary from rob mccallum Thrusted into heavy metal stardom as teenagers with their debut release, Kitty has thrashed and conquered the heavy metal world for the past 20 years. Kitty has defied industry norms, fought back against women and rock stereotypes, and inspired generations since they appeared. And now, for the first time, they've decided to share their untold story. Generously peppered with archival footage shot by the band, this film gives you an honest and brutal look at what it takes to survive in the music industry. Order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from RobMcCallumFilms.com. RobMcCallumFilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching. Obviously, Disney, from everything that we have seen, they're not doing that. They're actually sort of increasing that. I mean, look at Frozen. Frozen 2 is coming out. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about one of the leads being a lesbian. And I well, don't think they're hiding. I don't feel like they're hiding that fact. Yeah. And I mean, and I think, you know, also with the new Ariel live action uh, coming out and they Ooh. cast a woman of color in the part, you know, um, obviously they're they're taking the representation uh, aspect very seriously. And so it's refreshing to see a company do that, no matter the haters. Yeah. So I think. Disney doesn't hasn't given me any reason to believe that they would ever do something like that. But again, you you never know what these multi million conglomerate companies. Right. So yeah, exactly. They, they hold the key. Right. They do. They do indeed. Especially since, as of now, I think at least in the domestic box office, they garner close to forty percent, well over thirty, and I think it's closer mm. to forty percent of the domestic box office this year. And that is something very scary when all things are considered. Plus, you've got Disney Plus coming on the way very, very soon. Right. And, and, well, it's all heating up right now because you've seen the wars that are coming around. Disney Plus is coming around the corner. You've seen what – I'm sure you see the news of what happened to The Office, and that will be leaving mm -hmm. at some point to Universal, to yep. their streaming service. You've just heard the news, I'm sure, about where Friends is going yep. to. So talk to me real quick. I want to hear your thoughts on where these streaming services are going and how this is affecting the consumer because Netflix, it used to be just, okay, I got Netflix, I'm good. Now, by the time 2020, 2020, 2021, especially when The Office leaves and when Friends go somewhere else and there's all these different entities at play, let's not forget Apple, let's not forget all the right. other streaming services that are out even now, like Hulu, CBS, All Access. You know, a lot of people say it's just like having cable all over again. Could they be wrong? No, I mean, we no, just had this conversation. We just had this conversation. And I, that's what that was my concern because, I mean, eventually you're going to have to buy several different streaming services to find the content that you like and want. And then it's going to be just as expensive or more than cable. And so I don't know if that's just the wave of the future and that's how cable companies are going to go. Eventually they're not going to exist. They're going to exist through their streaming platforms. Who knows? But like, it's just, it, it, it and I worry for Netflix too because there's a, there's a large, population of people who have Netflix for those old standards like The Office and The Friends and any of those old shows they want to binge and if those get taken like they're left with their although they have great original programming outside of that there's not I mean they have thousands of titles but a lot of it's like just boring stuff you don't really want to watch so it just you know it, it, I think Netflix is probably really worried. Well as people. I mentioned on the show before The Office 
you know, okay, let's say take out, you know, Stranger Things, mm -hmm. uh, Bird Box, all those other great things that they've done, Black Mirror, all those great things they've done. The Office is still far and away the most watched entity on their program, and Friends is number two, a distant number two, but still a number two. Right. So you're taking away your number one and two properties consistently over the course of the year off of your network. That's going to be a sign that ooh, maybe Netflix is going to hit some hard times. Mitch? Well, and they what? They just raised rates? Yes. So I think yes. we're probably going <laughs> to see another rate increase again. And I and I think Netflix has seen the writing on the wall. Uh, I know that I think it was just after season two of Stranger Things, the Duffer brothers had said something how they, at that time, they were thinking that maybe season five would be where they would hang it up. There is no way that is happening. There is I, I think no way four. that is happening now. Yeah, well, I, 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 don't, thought, I don't. I don't. I don't see that happening now, especially if they're losing the office. All these things. Right. Stranger right. Things will be the show that they are going to have to hold on to, or do some kind of spinoff or something. I mean, uh, the numbers that Netflix released this past week from the season three, those numbers, network TV can't even get those numbers. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I heard season four might be their last, but you're right. Back up the Brinks truck, as Isaiah Thomas, of the, when he was with the Celtics, was saying one time, back up the Brinks truck because it is time to pay the Duffer brothers. And you're right. But creatively, you worry about where the narrative is going to go because you have a hot property like that. It reminds me a lot of The Walking Dead when it right. reached highs earlier oh, this decade right. of what, 15, 17 million plus watching per episode. And unfortunately, it's nowhere near that because creatively and narratively, you've just run out of steam. And Stranger Things, I just watched season three myself and thought it was a, the, probably the best season yet. Agreed. And, you know, where can it go from here? And you're worried about where it can go from here because of the fact that you're right. If, if they only the Duffer Brothers had said, OK, we're going to map this out to this point. And now, well, we got to cash in. So we now have to go ahead and elongate it to this point. That's where you get in trouble as a, as a you know, as a property, as an, as an entity on television and film. It's like, okay, you maybe just uh, been grabbing for the cash too much. And narratively, it really goes downhill from there. But you're right. Netflix has a lot of thinking to do about what it's going to do short and long term once those major tent poles for them leaves and i'll tell you what it's going to be uh, some interesting things but you're right it, everybody's getting concerned out there that it is becoming like cable and that they'll have to spend eight dollars here ten dollars here twelve dollars mm -hmm. here eight dollars mm -hmm. here seven dollars here five dollars here for all these different entities and you know, you're right it goes back to cable cable's just gonna say hey come back to us once right <laughs> exactly and i, I mean Maybe eventually some company will like bundle all these streaming services and here $40 a month, you get Netflix and Hulu and all. And then it's again, just like cable. So it's like people cut the cord for the streaming services and now they're going to be forced to basically do the same thing, which is just, you know, it just disappoints me. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's funny because when I was a TV reporter back in 2007, I, I still remember doing this story and I talked to a cable company and I talked to people that wanted the a la carte services and this cable company spokesperson is like, look, we're going down this path, but let me tell you how it's going to end. And it's going to end with you paying more because all of these different networks at the time, and there wasn't streaming at that time, yeah. but they were just saying if ESPN has their own and you know all this stuff, they're like, you're going to end up paying more. And so, and I think that kind of now 12 years later, we are in the midst of it right now. Right. <laughs> and it's very prophetic indeed. That individual that you interviewed was just looking forward into the big picture, into the crystal ball, and they definitely saw that. And maybe it will circle <laughs> back around into us going ahead back into cable and satellite TV once again. We don't know. But like you say, there's also could be a service that starts up that groups and bundles all this together. But then again, in all essence, that would make it cable once again. Right, so. exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh gosh so I wanted to go back to, to Stranger Things real quick. I think the one of the, the best things about Stranger Things is how original it is. And I think just by the numbers that Netflix released, I think people are thirsty for something that's original. It's not a super, I mean, people love superheroes. We all do. Uh, it's not superheroes. It's not something that's being redone. Obviously, it's taking you back to the 80s. And you sort of feel, I mean, you kind of feel when you're watching it that this show was something that was lost 
in the 80s that we're just now discovering. But it's something original. And I think, I hope that industry leaders see this and say, look, we need to give more of these independent producers and filmmakers like right. the Duffer Brothers, we need to give them a chance because all this other stuff is running out of steam. Right. Like, and if you're fighting with all these different services, you need to make sure you land on a platform and a platform that's going to let you have creative control as much as possible. As long as they're not thirsty for new Coke. That's all I say. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I, it's available right now because of Stranger it, Things. It is, Ugh. it is. They have a website that you can buy it for twenty dollars. Right. I lived through New Coke. I <laughs> had no New Coke at that period of time, and that's the only one deviance from the actual great season of, of Stranger Things was their constant reminders of New Coke and how wonderful, quote unquote, it tasted. Right. Uh, no, it did not taste good at all. It, you know, and there was a reason why. Uh, as I looked it up the other day, that it went out in seventy-nine days. So you know, yeah. this is just saying, just saying there. But yes, outside of that, there was a great season of Stranger Things, and looking forward to actually, like I said, more seasons. And like you said, even more than that, if they back up the Brinks truck at Netflix, right. which they might have to, they might have to indeed. Once yeah. again, I'm on with two great and outstanding podcasters with me. It is Mitch and Kathleen. You got to check out their great show. They're the Pop Culture Connoisseurs. I got to say that just so correct, you know, best I can saying that. It is a gal and a gay. They have a great show that you got to catch up with on Pop Culture. They are one of the podcasts that Podbean has recommended that you listen to this summer, but it's available on all the different podcast platforms. It's been such a great time talking to you. But you and I've heard your show. It's an awesome show. But, you know, I could say all I want about it. But I got to hear from you both, you Kat and you Mitch. You know, what is it about your show, uh, Gal and Gay, that really gets those people drawn in and get them listening to your awesome program? Well, I, I think, I mean, I think Mitch and I have a really great relationship. We've been best, we've been friends for a very long time. We met in the TV industry. We worked in TV news. And while it's not... Hollywood, we do kind of have an understanding of somehow some things work and, and that sort of thing. So I think just having that a little bit of insider knowledge kind of gives us a different perspective on certain things, especially when we talk about industry things and that sort of thing. So I don't know. I mean, we're not experts. <laughs> we're just pop culture fans and we just talk and we love to talk about stuff. So yeah, I think that's why if you really just enjoy talking about pop culture, listen to us. We well, Mitch, what, what are some of the great episodes that you had? I mean, Kat has already teed it up for you. What are some of the great episodes <laughs> that you had? And what are some of the great topics that you both have talked about? So we are based in Kansas City and Austin. And Kansas City, a lot of people don't consider this, but Kansas City, even if it's a, it's a fly in flyover country, we have a lot of great filmmakers and up and coming filmmakers and we have film festivals and queer eye was just here last year they filmed two seasons here one of the uh, the guys i work with quite a bit he was actually uh, one of the main videographers on it and so we've we got a lot of insight into the new season season of queer eye and actually someone i know was actually featured in this new season coming up. And so we're gonna have some interviews with him. And I, I like our interviews with these local filmmakers and those in the industry. We did a, an interview with Savannah Rogers, who is an up and coming LGBT filmmaker. And she did a TED talk and got on Kevin Smith's radar. And she has been hanging out with Kevin Smith and we're gonna talk to her next week and we yeah we've done some some pretty fun yeah. interviews we go to to movie screenings i just saw the lion king before it's released next week so we we kind of like to add like kat mentioned like a little bit of the the knowledge that we have and the, the things that we have learned and we kind of want to put that uh, in our podcast as much as possible yeah and i know you probably can't say yay or nay but can you just like raise an eyebrow or something if you like the lion king or not <laughs> I can, I can. I was, I was telling Kitty that I, what I, well, I can't say this. I didn't want to sit through another death of Mufasa, <laughs> but, but it was, I can say it was worth it. Okay, fair enough. But by the way, James Earl Jones might just outlive us all. Just want to let you know. I know, he might. <laughs> well, I'll be okay with. Right? 
but but yes, I, I'll tell you what, it's going to be an awesome time. The Lion King is coming out uh, a week from Friday here, coming up very soon, right around the corner. Before we hand on out, I got to ask you, if there's one thing, one thing that you are just eagerly, just most anticipated for, I know we talked about a, your various things that you're looking forward to down the road, but I want to know if there's one thing, one thing from pop culture that you're looking forward to the most about having a conversation on, on the show, what would that one thing be? Kat, I'm going to start with you. Like person or well, anything, I, music, movies, television. We, well, we are like, we are, we are planning to interview some people involved with the new season of Queer Eye. I'm looking forward to that because it's a big show. And it was a big deal when it came to Kansas City. I used to live in Kansas City. And so it was a big deal. I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I can tell you one movie I'm really looking forward to in December, the new Little Women comes out directed by Greta Gerwig. And I'm a big, big fan of the 1990s version with Winona Ryder. It's one of my favorite movies. And so I'm anxious to see how it is. So that's, I would say, even, I mean, I'm a Star Wars fan too, not as big as Mitch, but I would say I'd want to see Little Women even over Star Wars. I'm that big a fan. <laughs> well, I will just say this. I'm kind of angry at Winona Ryder, the fact that when she did that movie to now in Stranger Things season three, she looks substantially better than I did around the time of Little Women and around the time of Stranger Things season three. I will just say that. I'll just say that. It's jealousy. It's jealousy. You know, she does look great. Right. And I'm so glad she's back. I mean, I love her. She's one of, she's always been one of my favorites. So. Oh yeah. She's a great actress. I mean, she's yeah. appeared so much throughout the years, Star Trek, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, whatnot. So yeah, it's just, she's, she's done a, just a great job. I shouldn't say the original rebooted Star Trek, which in mm-hmm. and of itself sounds weird, but okay. You know, it is, it is. but Mitch, <laughs> Is there one thing that you're looking forward to the most in pop culture? Well, obviously we talked about Star Wars at the beginning, but I'm also looking forward to the final season of Schitt's Creek. So I'm bringing this full circle as well. I know they just finished filming and I don't know if I should say this on here, but I am stalking Dan Levy right now uh, for an interview. So, and and they're not going to be at Comic-Con. I was at Comic-Con last year and by myself, and I did not take no, Kitty wasn't able go. to go. And it <laughs> it was rough running to all the different sessions and doing the interviews and stuff like that. But this summer should be exciting. And I think Marvel is going to drop some pretty big bombshells, I believe. I think so too. Because we don't know what movies are coming up. Right. I think so we're I gonna think learn that's a lot. One thing I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah, their release date schedule it's been hinted upon that it will be released as far as at least the foreseeable future when it comes to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as far as what time frames it'll say, you know, summer 2020, winter 2021, or fall 2020. You know, it'll, it'll tell you, give you an idea of what projects are on the way, like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping an A-Force will also be there because I thought that got a lot of great reception. Again, like I said earlier, during Avengers Endgame, that type of possible type deal coming together at some point in time but the next avengers movies so many other stuff that's coming out from disney from universal from all the other great entities out there there's just so much to talk about when it comes to pop culture and i'm just so blessed that that there is i wonder if they're gonna say anything about the new mutants movie that's been pushed back and pushed back and i would really like to see that (laughs) so i know right now it's slated for april of next year so i don't know if we're ever gonna get an ant like a answer i wonder you know so Maybe it'll be pushed to Disney Plus. Yeah. I have a feeling it will be. I mean, it was scheduled for, it was slated for August, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, I think so. so. Yeah, it was supposed to be this summer, but then that, you know, that happened and now, now it's later. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that uh, they've taken a sign from what happened with the latest X-Men movie and the tepid yeah. returns that from it being that it was a lame duck production. And I think from there that they're going to go ahead and say, you know what? I think we need to make a better fiscal decision. And I think as a bonus early on for the Disney Plus users out there, that might be something that might get a better reception. Uh, I mean, we've seen movies that would have been panned and maybe not be successful on the big screen, like the most recent Cloverfield, that being instead put on a streaming service and garnering big numbers on a streaming service because the fans felt it was like it was something special and something that their entity could love. In fact, what was the uh, Will Smith movie that he did where he's a cop and a sort right. of like Yes, yes, right. exactly. Yeah. That movie would probably not have scored very well. That would well. have bombed big time, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. But, but instead, there's a sequel on the way for Netflix. Right. So 
that tells you right there that if people are becoming smarter and smarter about how they are distributing their movies, is it going to hurt the movie system long term? Maybe because there's also the fact that movies are not getting any cheaper. So we'll have to wait and see what that mm-hmm. does for the movie industry as a whole. But as a pop culture and as entertainment format, whether it's music, whether it's movies, television, video games, whatever, it's just the, the resources that you have now as an individual, it, you know, it's just tremendous. And the opportunities out there seemingly are endless if we choose it to be. And I'm hoping for great success for all of them. But mostly I'm hoping for great success for you too, because your show is quite a wonderful experience. And if you haven't caught it yet, it is a gal and a gay. They are the pop culture kind of sis. And you can catch their show. Is it weekly, bi-weekly? I thought it was bi-weekly if I'm not mistaken. Is that? Yep. Yeah. About bi-weekly. Yeah. Okay. About every two weeks it is available. Just go ahead and follow them. If you go ahead and follow them and you go ahead and subscribe to their show, it'll just pop up right there for you on virtually every available podcast format. So no matter if you have Podbean, no matter if you have Bullhorn, Podchaser, or any of the other 500,000 podcast apps that are out there, <laughs> you'll be able to get a gal and a gay and you'll be glad you did. Well, Mick, Kat, it's been a great time talking to you both. And I'll tell you what, it's just so awesome to have you part of the show. And again, I would love to have you come back on when you two have the time to talk more great pop culture topics. Absolutely. Anytime, really. Anytime you're, we, we can figure it out, I would love to be on the show. Thank you so much for having us. We've had a great time. Really appreciate it. Uh, well, I've, I've had yeah. a great time as yeah. well. <laughs> and we're looking and we'll forward to having you on our show. Yeah, absolutely. We extended an invitation to you. Absolutely. Anytime. No problem. So, uh, you know, absolutely. It's uh, it would be awesome to be on your show. I'd be truly honored. And as a fellow, what would we call ourselves? Summer highlighted podcast, Podbean podcast. I don't know. Just just as a fellow summer highlighted Podbean podcast, it's truly great to have you a part, both of you, a part of the pop culture cosmos. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. If you need a listing of where we're at because we're being played all around the world, seven days a week, Check out our listings on our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. I want to say a quick hello to our good friends at Radio Cobleskill 105.9 FM. Cannot thank them enough for playing the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse each and every week. We love you so much and appreciate the entire audience that's listening. Plus also as well, we're on so many different formats when it comes to podcasts. So if you miss an episode on the radio... You can always check us out on our Pop Culture Cosmos channels all over the place on podcast outlets everywhere, including our friends at Podchaser. Check us out today on Podchaser or Podbean as we're one of the highlighted podcasts of the summer there as well. So some great things going on. And Josh, before we talk some Gundam, I do want to say I did get word this week that the Podcast Radio Network as of now is going to be down for the count due to some health issues and things of that nature. Our good friend, John Sweeney Jr., I just want to send out our best to him and cannot thank him enough. It was him and the Podcast Radio Network that got this whole thing started for the Pop Culture Cosmos. He believed in what we could do. We became the number one and number two shows for over a year on that network, and I cannot thank him enough for giving Pop Culture Cosmos an opportunity, plus Humanica Media. They were a top five show as well for several months on the Podcast Radio Network. We cannot thank them enough for allowing us the opportunity to grace their airwaves. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a pleasure. I'm you know, grateful to John for giving us the opportunity to do that. You know, Sad to hear they're going off the air, but who knows what the future holds, man. If you're one of the people who caught us on the Podcast Radio Network, thanks for following us all this time. Absolutely. And again, I'm, I'm my best to John Sweeney Jr., Cannot thank enough for everything he's done for us. Well, my friend, 40 years of Gundam, it's now upon us. 
So you are the master of celebration when it comes to anime, and I know there's a lot of good things to talk about. So what's going on with 40 Years of Gundam and the celebration that's just about ready to begin? Just a lot of announcements they made. They popped out a little trailer here. One talking about the Gundam live action movie, which we discussed last year, I think, right? When they're they're teaming up with Warner Brothers and Legendary Pictures to bring the Gundam live action film to life. Who knows? It'd just be cool to see that translated to the big screen. And they announced the Mobile Suit Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans, which was, I don't know if you got a chance to catch that one. That's probably one of the better Gundam shows in the past 10 years. They're doing a sequel to their second season of that. It's a spinoff, I guess, called Erder Hunt. It's basically, it's a Black Mirror show on Netflix, Bandersnatch. Yeah, yeah it's Bandersnatch, exactly. So that, and a whole type of deal where you had to go ahead with the different pathways. That was interesting. I'm not sure it was a 100% fully executable type format, but still it speaks to the future of what can possibly happen for interactive television. Yeah, and that's kind of what they're doing with this, right? It's like a half anime, half mobile game. You know, and then they announced some some shows, Gundam Build Drivers, Re-Rise, Gundam Recon, Guista in G, uh, SD Gundam World, Sengoku, and then Mobile Suit Gundam Origin, Advent of the Red Comet. In honor of the Tokyo Olympics coming up here, they are going to launch a Gundam into space, which is kind of cool. You know, if, if you're if you're looking for a good spot to jump on Gundam, the Mobile Suit Gundam series are probably the best because that's the UC timeline. You know, we talked about Gundam Unicorn, right? This takes place on the Universal Century timeline, which is the longest running Gundam timeline currently active. And then everything else is kind of like spinoff universes, Gundam Wing, Mobile Suit G Gundam, Iron-Blooded Orphans, things like that. So if you're looking for a good place to jump on the Gundam timeline, definitely check it out. I look forward to some great things over the course of the next 40 years when it comes to Mobile Suit Gundam. If you out there want some more information or you have some thoughts on the Gundam universe as it celebrates its 40th anniversary, share it with us, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, before we share some final thoughts on the weekend, we have a great song from our good friend, Warren Fernandez, a.k.a. Emoji Engine. This is Presence, and this is the PCC Multiverse. Once again, that's Emoji Engine, E-M-O-J-I-E-N-J-I-N, and his song Presence, part of his brand new album, Unbreakable, which just came out this week. If you want to go ahead and grab the whole album, it's only $5, and you can go ahead and get that today on Bandcamp.com. Just search Emoji Engine, E-M-O-J-I-E-N-J-I-N, 
We're going to play more from this album in upcoming weeks, so stay tuned for that right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I want to thank Kitty and Mick, the pop culture connoisseurs of the Gal and the Gay Show, for stopping by. Can't wait to bring them back on again later on this year where we talk more great pop culture subjects. We've got another great show lined up for you on Monday's Pop Culture Cosmos. It's our list of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in order after what's happened with Spider-Man Far From Home, the end of the Infinity Saga, Phase 3 and all that. So looking forward to sharing our list coming up on Monday's Pop Culture Cosmos. Any last thoughts on the way out? Gundam, man. Just think about it. Launching that Gundam into space. One day, your kids could be future Gundam pilots. Just consider it. How cool that would be. I would love to see that. Hopefully, I will live long enough. But then again, I'm going to get arthritis here trying to wait for another Disney remake to come out. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great. We are the Cigar Nerds, bringing nerdy sophistication and geeky indulgence on all topics, including movies, video games, science, and pop culture news, all from the Nerd Cave Cigar Lounge. Find us on iTunes, Stitchers, Google Play, and wherever fine podcasts are found, including ESONetwork.com and CigarNerdPodcast.com. So fire up a cigar, it's time to get nerdy. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network Podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the TeePublic store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.